That's our new theme cue. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, uh, Tupac's come on again. I don't know why Tupac comes on after a, the other thing. We're going to have to work on that anyway. But yeah, Tupac is not part of the new intro. We're in. It saves me, saves Shane going every week. That's his, <laughs> that's his uh, high pitch voice. If you, uh, <clears throat> if you want to say thank you though to the, un- I've forgotten his fucking name. It was really annoying me because speak to him all the time on Instagram. You know, you just have them people who just chat to on Instagram for like no reason. Yeah, and then you don't act- realize you don't even actually know the name. Yeah, I was chatting to him all the time and he made it. And I wanted to say thank you. I'm trying to scroll through my messages. I can't fucking find it. So thank you for making that theme tune. Appreciate it. Right, cool. So f- first thing I'm going to talk about before we get into um, value for the... Uh, we're going to talk about the we're going to get into the uh, talk about the log press video that Shane's put up today, which is great. Um, but before we do that, I'm just going to announce now that I've got a, an overhead um, workshop. A bit meeting. quiet there, Josh. Right there. Can you uh, wait there? Wait there? Wait there? Wait there? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, it's a little better. You just went like really quiet for some reason. All right. Is it better now? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Right, so on the eight, on Sunday the 18th of October, I have an overhead workshop at my gym, Lean Body Strength Club, with Sarah Davis, who is, um, just look her up, she's a really good weightlifter. She's done, recently did, um, came to my gym and did 126 clean and jerk for the uh, pound for pound comp. And she's like 65 kilo-ish. Um, she's a great, great lifter. She's lifted at the Olympics. Um, but what, what I've been chatting to her about is, um, is basically explaining how I um, apply the Olympic lifting principles uh, over to the strongman implements and um, elements of programming and technique and whatnot. And um, basically I put, put a workshop together that where I'm going to deliver the the technical aspects of the the strongman implement so we'll cover like say dumbbell um log axle different clean variations we'll even even cover some um like stone loading and how uh, weightlifting principles can help you with um with loading events too and um, we'll cover programming the event's going to be and, and then Sarah, sarah's going to um going to talk about it from like a, I suppose, a, 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 a technical standpoint and how to, um, <clears throat> I suppose, how to maximize what we're, what we're doing really. So we're, um, as you can imagine, it's going to be re- really complimentary because I, because I fa- find that, um, talk to a lot of, um, like say, say weightlifters who were absolutely amazing at putting weights over the head, but they just kind of, a lot, a lot of the guys that I've talked to seem very close-minded to the, it's just like the barbell or nothing, if you will. Whereas yeah. um, I, I kind of want to bridge that gap. And I, I suppose I've kind of proven by the, by the stuff that I do. I'm, I'm not great at weightlifting, for instance, but I've shown that you can apply some of the um, basic principles to really beneficial effect to the, to the strongman. To the, uh, to the I think they just, blend, they just blend really nicely, don't they? There's, uh, I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's perfect. I think it just sounds like a really good idea as well because you can kind of like get Sarah to go really in depth technical around the barbell and stuff. 
Yeah, and then actually see <clears throat> that the motor pattern's quite similar when you go into like extension on your uh, stone loading or whatever. Yeah. You know, it carries over so well. You've done it as well. You've done blocks of cleans where you've not been doing stones, then gone back to stones and been like, yeah, the, the stone feels amazing. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, honestly. Um, so, so by the way, this isn't where you're going to get force-fed. Um, you're not going to get force-fed split jerks and stuff. It's going to be like if, if you're you, – you, just basically you can learn how to push press more efficiently if you're going to – you're a log push presser and you're going to stick with that. Um, we'll, we'll teach you how to do it a lot more efficiently and also teach you, like I say, the principles, how they're going to um, carry over to the strongman implements. So it's going to be 10 till 4. Um, and there's going to be going to be 10 spaces, uh, 99 pounds. So just message me to, if you want to reserve your spot and, um, yeah, message me ASAP cause the, uh, <clears throat> the spots will go. Um, I've got another work initial workshop that I'm doing this Sunday, actually, that, that sold out straight away. Um, where I'm covering, um, just basically like, um, the, the strongman movements, a, a workshop uh, specifically aimed at people who are competing and coaches predominantly. This is what he said with a bit of theory and stuff you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically I'm going to do the, going to cover like moving events for an hour, loading events for an hour. I'm going to have some lunch and a chat and talk about programming talk about overhead principles and, de and deadlift principles really. So just like a, like a, a broad range of stuff. So that sold out straight away. So I put out, um, I put on a second date of that. That's in, um, right there. 20, 27th of September. So basically I'm running the same thing and I can probably fit two more, Two more people on that. If anybody uh, wants to wants to take the spot, just me just message me as soon as you've heard this. Um, yeah, and then and then the month after is going to be the one with where we're going to cover cover the overhead and uh, and specialise a little bit more with the with the overhead lifting with uh, Sarah. Um, so just message me and uh, to reserve your spot on that, uh, and then. <clears throat> I definitely want to do another one with you, Shane, over there, um, ideally before Christmas. So we'll have to we'll 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 have a chat and have a think about how we can um, do another one like we did. Because I think the yeah. I think the one that we did before was great, but I think we'd get more out of it um, doing it to people who were competing, maybe a bit higher level or whatever. This yeah, time. you know, it was um, quite well, it varies the audience as well, isn't it? Um, slightly different, like it's, it's more like uh, trying to add cherry on tops, isn't it? And fine tweaking to the more experienced guys. So it's just a bit different from our part as well, a bit more fun, I think. Yeah, but I, I just think we've got a lot more value to give to people who are a bit who are like advanced with the lifting than yeah. like than like I, I think there's quite a lot of people who could give a lot of value to you know, like we were talking about um, talking to Dan last week, Dan Benson about um, like. Like he, oh, by, by the way, Dan Benson's doing a doing a strongman um, strongman Sundays down at Koru Gym. Is it called Koru, whatever? Um, so if you need if you're near that area, look it up and go down to that. Um, but I just think I just think um, 
like I said, what that we that I think we can give a lot more to um, more advanced lifters and people who were. I think like, it's like, just because though we're not shy of someone being crazy strong and and telling them that there's still bits wrong with it. You know what I mean? Like being yeah. confident in your art and you know just because somebody puts a 190 log up doesn't yeah. mean that it's like, oh, yeah, just stay with that, mate. You know, you can still get better all the time. Everyone can get better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and, and also as well about that, like like what I'm excited about this Sunday, I've got so some um, some guys that I'm really, really excited about having, like, there at the, sa- there at the same time. Um, because, like we said before, it's not just about um, us delivering value to people. It's about actually getting in the getting in the same place as some other people who are really good and us learning from them and those guys yeah. learning from each other which will be um be, be absolutely magic um but yeah anyway so uh, so message me on uh, instagram to uh, to book your spot on that so we'll move on to move on to the next uh, topic so as many of you have seen shane's put a really good um 90 second video today on log press technique. So we're going to discuss a little bit on that. Um, and there were a couple of people who me- messaged back in the, who, who commented and uh, we're going to answer those, those questions and discuss it a little bit. So what did, what did, for the people who haven't seen it, um, what did you mainly cover in the log press, the log press? So I only covered two cues that I think are the most important cues to <clears throat> to, to basically um, use. Now it was aimed at people that are already logging. You know, it's not like it's, it's not like a video for like the first time you touch a log or anything. It's aimed at people that have already been logging, and it's like a common habit that people get into, even if they've logged for two years. You know, you see it all the time. So. I didn't discuss the clean, it was purely the, the press element. And it was the fact that they don't drive through into full extension on the tiptoes, the heels stay planted. Uh, and the second one being that they don't dip vertically. Uh, they kind of just track their ankles, they track the knees forward over their ankles, over the toes even, sorry. And then uh, the whole center of gravity moves with them. And what people usually do to counteract that is just lean back more and they end up in this like banana shaped, you know, dip. Uh, which is, and then they're, they're in a really inefficient place to dip and then they're not getting through into full extension. So it basically turns into this like weird strict press and it is the most common thing I see on, on logs. Even, even guys that have been, you know, open weight doing 150, 160 logs planted on the heels. Um, and I just think that those two cues, if you get really good at them, that it will help your log more so than, you know, practicing, uh, you know, getting tricep strength. You know, basically people put, oh, get stronger shoulder, stronger tricep, stronger this. Yeah, we should be doing that, but focus on that as well. Learn that because then the kilos are just going to start flying at you instead of being this slow, grindy progression of like a couple of kilos here and there. You know, you know what, Shane? What you've just said is like a year ago when, uh, when Hicksie did uh, Europe's and he did uh, 220 in the lead up to that. Um, that's exactly like when I, when I was helping him with that uh, in the lead, in the lead up, they were the two, they were, they were the two main things that we changed. 
was the the fact that session one could see that he he wasn't he was dipping. I remember sending him a doing him a print screen of what he was doing with his back angle, and then I drew a red line with it. I still have it on my Instagram actually, and he and I showed him that he was dipping dipping forward, and then that that was the thing main thing that we started off with just just basically dipping with the vertical torso and just improved that 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 path straight away. And then the second thing was he was debating whether to keep his heels down on the uh, on the push press, and then we got him uh, extending up onto his toes. And um, yeah, it was just lo- loads better. He got got from like what did he get like two from like two twelve, two thirteen up to two twenty in a few months. It was good. Yeah, that, they, that, they, that, they, like we said before though as well, some people would look at Hicksie. And because his log is literally the best in the fucking world, pretty much, you know, feel obliged to just go, oh, it must be right. And sometimes, no matter what level of athlete you are, to be able to have that person looking from the outside in and just say to you, look, actually, mate, you know, let's sort this and this. Uh, you can you can add improvements 5%, even if it's 5%, you know, it's a lot of kilos to someone as good as Hixie. I think he had 220 for three singles today as well. That went yeah. So. Yeah, I saw that on the yeah, impressive. But um, so yeah, yeah, what was it? So I, I can picture, I can picture what you're saying. I can imagine the, these guys that you're describing who, with this error, are guys that probably have like a high strip to push press ratio. That like they have like a massive strip or a decent strip press, and then they go to push press, and they're like frustrated that they can't do that much more than the strip press. Do you see that, Shane? Do you know yeah, it's uh, like I say, it's similar uh, things that you'll you'll see is uh, you know they almost push the bar to like the chin, and then catch it, and then press it, and it almost becomes harder than a strict press because they don't have any momentum. They've just kind of caught this weight at this like weird joint angle. Whereas when they strict press, usually people that strict press it starts at the chin, and they like dip down, get a bit of stretch reflex in a bit, and then they're like, why is my push press worse than my my strict and it's like well it's just abysmal to be honest with you yeah so so i i think for if this resonates with uh, people listening i think the thing to prioritize is getting that bar path um getting that bar path sorted personally like if you're dipping forward for instance like it's just it, it's purely wrong in my opinion it's just purely wrong for a push press like that's like the priority you need to improve that. Whereas extending up onto your toes is like gonna, if you, if you push press with your heels down, like you could still be, you could still be quite good, but in terms of potential, in my, in my opinion, but they, but extending up onto the toes is just going to give you that, that extra couple of percent. Definitely. I think everybody should do it. I completely agree. But I think, but what I'm saying is that, the the bar path, if you're dipping forward, that is just plain wrong. It's an error. It is. Yeah. It is. It you, you need to fix that as priority. Yeah, it's, it's that, easy done on log because of the size of it. It it makes it hard for people to push the hip back because when they push the hip back, the log wants to roll forward. So there's like this fine line of like staying vertical that you've just got to get through practice. And this is my gripe with. I love strict log. 
and I program strict log for loads of people, but I, I never ever program strict log for someone if they're not really good at push pressing because every time you're spending an hour strict logging, that could have been an hour of getting better at push press. And when, when eventually you're at that point where, you know, you've, you've not mastered it, but you know what I mean? You're at a high level of technique. Then, then I think you should spend your time doing your strict press because the guy, the guy commented on the post actually saying, um, so I start, he said, I stand wider for strict press than I do uh, push press. Is this right or wrong? And I said, well, why do you stand wider? And he, he said, I feel more stable there. And then I flicked through his gram and, um, yeah, his push press technique was pretty much exactly as I've described in the video. It was like on his heels, terrible leg drive, not even going through the log with his chest when he extended. It was just kind of like bending his leg up and down. And same for him. My advice would be don't strip log because every other video was strip. I think he was doing like one week of strip log, one week of push log or something that I got from the videos. And stuff. So I was like, that's like a week of wasted practice. Train it two or three times a week, push pressing all the time learning that vertical bar path, that straight line and getting it, getting it well. It doesn't even have to be heavy weight. You know, it can be 50, 60%. And that will benefit your push press more than, you know, grinding out 90% for three with terrible form. Yeah. Could you see, you see completely agree, mate. Um, you see so, so many people who, who, do a push press with this horrible bar path. And actually they're just doing a fucking, it's just, just a strip. They're just like the bar path so far in front and they're just managing to kind of, oh, it, it's horrible to think about. Um, but, but in terms of programming, in terms of fixing it. So, so I think, I think this is quite a good way to do it. If people are listening actually, because even though it's even though it's a technical thing that can be a lot easier to kind of correct in person, you know, if we're people come and do a technical session with us and we can actually see them doing it. Whereas actually, we know from programming that we can we can help people get better at this without even kind of seeing them really by biasing their practice. So I think what Shane what Shane said about. Um, doing the strip press, like I, I, I'll add on to that. What I really like for, uh, basically with a lot of people with the, with the bar path is a lot of people struggle with the rack position and they're just in such a shit rack position that they go, to a, they go to try and put leg drive into it. But realistically, if you look from the side and, and do, do this uh, when you're next training guys, if you struggle with this, take a video from the side and just look, and we should be we should be aiming to position the torso and the upper body. So that the weight of that log, you should be able to draw a straight line down through the midfoot, yeah, through the center center of our body, basically. And um, the closer it is to that point, the easier it is going to be to maintain that position when you when you leg drive. So basically. If you're in a fucking shit rack position and you draw that straight line down the center of the log and it's out in front of your toes, like you can practice leg drive all you want and you're never, you're never going to be successful with it because your rack position so poor. So I think that you should be able to, you should prioritize working on that rack position so you can draw your straight line down the middle of the log and it goes down the middle of the foot. So you can do exactly what Shane said about working on the strict press to improve this a way that I personally like people to do this is biasing the strict press 
to uh, pause in the rack and spend and actually spend more time in that. If you fucking got strong shoulders and triceps, like doing touch and go strict press that you see a lot of people doing is not going to help that rack position at all because you just like get into that position what you, you haven't spent much time in and then you're just kind of getting out of it really quickly. So yeah, you're going to get stronger, but you're not going to develop that. You're not, you're not even going to be able to think about applying leg drive to it because you're not developing that rack position. So priority for that person, in my opinion, would be do, doing like, say, your strict press with, say, simple protocol would be like three-second pause in the rack. Yeah? And with a lot of people, the three second pause in the rack. And whilst you're doing this, think about forcing, really forcing that head, head back, um, getting, get really extending on that thoracic, like basically forcing that log into your neck and getting, getting there, getting comfortable in that position. And then video it from the side. Do, I, I'm a big fan of doing quite low reps for loads and loads of sets. And you can self-coach yourself this. Just video from the sides and improve that rack position. And say you do six sets of six with a three-second pause in the rack, by the end, by the by set six, you should be able to draw that line down from the the center of log, center of the log to um, close, and it should be closer to midfoot if you're doing if you're doing this protocol. And it's it's kind of actually building on what Mofo said the other week, isn't it? About using it's isometric, isn't it? If you're doing a pause in the rack, yeah, without any fucking bandage shit and foam rolling or whatever like yeah you can do all that stuff that's <clears throat> gonna supplement this but this is a thing that's just gonna it can just fix itself if you if you do the right practice go on Shane I'll, I'll, I'll have a breath I just want to say what you're saying there yeah it's remember guys it's a recurring theme that we always speak about this because it's fucking important and people forget it like what Josh was saying about recording yourself and seeing the improvement. Now, what people make the mistake of is they watch the log and they go, oh, it's getting faster, like my, my log's faster. They don't look at the feet, the knees, the hips, the shoulders, like want to progress in terms of skill and position just, just as much as like bar speed or whatever. And, and that's why recording your sets and reflecting on them is a great thing, but reflect properly. Don't just look at how fast it moved A to B. Look at where your body is and what it's doing and if it's going in the right place. And if it's not, correct it on the next set, record it again, and then check and see if it was better. And then um, that's how you're going to get better as an athlete as well as constantly stronger all the time. Brilliant. And then the, the, the next little thing to add that would be, say, say for instance, if you, you feel like you've improved your rack position from doing these like pause strict presses, that's just one example, by the way. But say, you, say you've got that rack position and it's closer to, you draw your straight line down and it's um, middle of the log, pins down, closer to the middle of the foot, and you're starting to apply this leg drive again. Again, video from the sides, right? Put it in slow-mo, and if you see yourself dipping forward with the torso, the torso is not perpendicular to the ground or at right angle to the ground, then you're leaving, you're leaving kilos that you could be lifting. So a nice little drill that I, that I like people to do to get them to feel this vertical torso is go and put your back against the wall. Um, have your, your bum and your upper back against the wall. Um, feet feet as close to the wall as you can and then just practice dipping and uh, 
and you can feel that if you if you lose the the upper back contact from the from the wall then obviously you're dipping forward so yeah. learn, learn actually what it feels like to dip with this vertical torso and i guarantee it'll feel a little bit more i guarantee it'll feel weird but that'll but if you go and try and like literally do a couple of sets of that in your warm up or whatever or in between sets of of, uh, of your log go back to it and and try this and um that will help you with the skill acquisition element of uh, of basically applying leg drive with the vertical torso so if you can apply this dip with the vertical torso and apply the leg drive then uh, and you've got this wonderful rack position that we've uh, talked about all this stuff that you hear from other coaches saying get your elbows up high elbows get your high elbows on the log you won't even need to do that shit because the the um the log won't be rolling away from you if you get a good rack position and then learn the skill of uh, dipping with the vertical torso you're uh, you're not going to need to worry about the high elbows and something to think about as well guys is uh when you when you're building a program, say, say me and Josh are describing you right now. You've got this fucking shitty log dip. It's rolling everywhere. Your back snapping and your push press is five kilograms. Your strict press. You can program in a phase of training that is specific to skill. It doesn't have to be aimed at getting stronger all the time. You could do a three week phase where you go for this three week block. My goal is a more efficient dip on the log be more comfortable in rack, etc. So you could program in, like Josh said, some dips against the wall, do it higher frequency because the load's going to be lower. And then you could do some, like maybe some pause dips in the, in the rack position of your, of your log, because uh, when you, when you dip and hold the dip on the log, if it's going to roll, you fucked, you know, you can't, you can't sit there. So that's, that's a real good way of basically, um, making sure it's perfect. And again, it doesn't have to be heavy. It can be like 50, 60%, lots of sets, 10 sets of five or something. And then use this program over a couple of weeks that you've built. The only goal is to get more efficient at the dip and drive. And then you can transition into something a bit more heavier and more specific. And you may find that you actually got stronger, you know, quote unquote, because uh, you're using more kilos, even though you might not have actually got stronger per se you've just got better at logging and then you can then take that new skill to actually get even stronger and better and carry it forward yeah in fact i've got a little program that they can uh, that you can uh, go and apply straight away so if this is you and you need to improve your your push press uh, for your log what i find works quite well is if you want to plug in you can plug it at the end of um of like say your lower max effort lower body day or however your program works or whatever say your deadlift day or whatever, 10 minutes. If, you can, if you've got a log, if you, if you haven't got a log, just barbell push press from the rack and just start off with six sets of six, 55 to 60%. So lose the ego on this and, and actually just do something fucking ridiculously light with perfect technique that's not going to be impressive to other people in the gym, but who cares? You're working on technique. You've done your... You've done your max effort stuff um, where you've really pushed yourself. You can fit that in and it's going to be peanuts to recover from. Yeah. So get do that. Six sets of six, 55%. Session two, again, maybe after your, your other lower body day, end of squats or whatever, you can go seven by five at 60%. And then come back, come to the, 
come to the the um, next week, and then next week go to eight by four at sixty five percent, and then the follow and then the the next session do ten by three at what am I going to say, Shane? Seventy percent. Seventy percent. Yeah, do that as like you've you're uh, as four sessions, four extra sessions over the over the course of two weeks, and you're not as well as doing your your log and your overhead sessions as normal. And you'll be surprised that you can recover well from it. You'll feel like your technique's getting getting a lot better and sharper. Yeah, it might blow your mind that you've done log or push press four times in a week, but I guarantee that you'll be better if you're somebody who. You have to manage, like, say, the the dips of the knit, like, say, with your your knees or whatever, are getting flared up from doing so much push pressing. Do what we're saying about um, adding the strict press pr protocol in its place and work on that rack position, like, because I promise you that you're going to be able to, that most of us are going to be able to recover real fine, really, really well from this, and um, and you're just going to feel like your skill and your technique and that familiarity and it's nicer for it as well i think but on elbows and shoulders and stuff and yeah, this, exactly high frequency is amazing on it i think it's great I, I yeah i think it's amazing for a lot because like if um i think there'll be quite a few people quite a few people who resonate with this now what i'm going to say who are getting access to a log who haven't used a log for ages and you push press on a barbell might during lockdown might be going really well or you might be doing axle for your comp prep or whatever you go to a log and you feel like you're, you're being fucking that you're going to die when you've got it in the rack. So if, if you feel at all like that, then just, again, lose the ego, like I've said, and just build up this frequency of volume and time under tension in that rack position. Um, it's something that I've been doing myself, actually, the last couple of weeks, and I feel so much better from doing it, like 10 sets of 10 at 40 kilo log. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't look impressive to anybody on Instagram or anybody coming to the gym, but... I'm doing a pause in the rack and my rack position when I go on to my max effort session feels so much better. Um, yeah. What, 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 were, what were people comments on that, Shane, on the video? You said maybe about something about the cleans or whatever. Let's talk about that. Yeah, there was uh, just a couple of people asking about uh, <coughs> tips on belt cleans. Cool. Which, um, what do you recommend? My main tip really would be, I think people, it's very similar to the log really, I guess. When it's on the, I'm not going to talk about getting it to the belt. Oh, belt cleans on what? On log? Well, I'm assuming they meant barbell, maybe because the OSG qualifier. They just said belt cleans. But a couple of people also said axle clean. So they kind uh, of spilled into... Are you sure, that, sure they didn't mean belt cleans on the log and how to do that? What do you mean by a belt clean on the log? You mean like using your belt to like help clean, you mean? Yeah. Because I can, I can talk about that if you think that was the... Uh, that was. Uh, I don't have a clue what they're on about now you said that because I'm starting to think that maybe they're wrong about that. <laughs> right. So <clears throat> I just assumed that because it was your log video that people were asking about how to use the belt to clean um, on the log. Well, I just said any other topics you want me to talk about and that someone wrote belt cleans and there was a few replies to it. All right. Well, well, I'll briefly talk about belt queens for the log, and then you talk about belt queens for the straight bar and axle and stuff. Well, tell you what, we'll keep it log. This is a good log. This is a good log podcast. We'll just keep it log. Right. So this is a, this is a good one on log. So for belt queens on log, um, 
what what I would, you can, if you you start off um, like if you've got a buckle belt, buckle belts are really easy to learn learn this, where you can um, leave your buckle belt and leave like um, a little bit of a loop when you clean it, and then almost use the uh, the the buckle belt to as you sit down when you lap the log and sit down, the the buckle belt will just naturally go underneath the log. And then when you drive up, instead of relying on friction on your tummy, so for, for like lighter weight athletes, you don't have a shelf there. Like it, you just get to the point where it just can just slide down. So the, so the, the belt queen can, sorry, the belt can act as like a little shelf um, that many of you already use. Um, but I find, find the, the belts, um, Buckle belt's quite easy to learn this. What I, w- what I would say, a little tip for you guys who do this already, I would actually say wear it. I think you'll find it easy, more, more beneficial to the clean if you actually wear your belt a little bit lower than you would from like your squats and your deadlifts and stuff. Um, and then people frown upon it, using the, leaving a loop in, but most comps allow it. I haven't seen many people pulled up for it. I've been pulled up before or whatever, but I always cheat. Um, <laughs> but, um, Shane, you've, you've used like a knee sleeve before, haven't you? You can leave like a knee sleeve there to act as a bit of a shelf. Um, yeah, the thing is I've gone through many phases of different belts and stuff, and it was weird because the last time I was at Hicks's, and I did like a my 155 strip to the fuck I hit his. That was in this very room, I think, wasn't it? I think it <laughs> no, was it was, I did 150 for three in a year. Oh, did you? But, but then when I, was, when I was lifting then, I was really good at log. But um, I didn't actually use anything. It was just because like, I wanted to wear my own knee sleeve. So I kept having to rob other people's knee sleeves to put to my belt. And it was just becoming inconsistent and annoying me. Like I would like to have a one specific knee sleeve that I put there every time. So yeah. I ended up just sacking it, and uh, for me, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's just, well, to be honest, it's probably because I'm fat now, Josh. To be honest with you, but I've started to be able to clean the log. I actually did some log today as well for the first time. But I was cleaning the log fine without without it even touching my belt, which was a new one for me. So I think I've got a bit of a belly on me, mate. Yeah. So what what, what I was trying to say was I can tell the difference between like having a gun. And not yeah, a gun. yeah, yeah. Get- Right. Yeah. So what I would what I would say to the people who um well, to be honest, what I would what I would recommend for the people who are gonna try and belt clean the log is like I've said, get in your head that it's that your belt isn't there for stability necessarily in the core tension and it's actually there as a bit of a shelf. So I might encourage you to cheat here really, but it's a it's allowed. Um and then what I would recommend would be getting a soft belt or an underbelt that you can actually use for the stability benefits, if if you will. And then um, you'll find that you'll be able to... I, I'm a big fan of the soft belts, actually. Um, so I recommend one from RDX on eBay. Uh, you can get it for like $17.99. The, the most ridiculous value thing that I've probably got in my kit bag, to be honest. They're uh, absolutely brilliant. Just search for RDX Lumber Support. And then Strength Shop do one as well, which is about 40, 50 quid that uh, I highly recommend that you get like loads of stability. Look, they're, they're tighter than the RDX one. Yeah, they've got a neoprene one and a 
Velcro belt. Yeah, it's like a back support, and then it's like it's a rebound one, isn't it? Like a, yeah, a yeah, like it's similar design to that rebound one. Yeah, um, but I highly recommend those. Um, oh, and you can use your discount code LBSC five, LBSC five, or Dragon five. You decide. Dragon five for fuck all off. <laughs> um, but but yeah, like. Uh, just to go on from that though, Josh, something that you showed me was not only them soft belts or log, but stones as well. I thought it was like an absolute game changer on stones. Um, uh, mate, honestly, it, it fit for everything. So, so like, have you have you um, fit for everything loading wise? Like, say, kegs, sandbags. Like, you can use exactly the same principle. But if you get your head around it on the log clean and it clicks, like, message me. Let me know how you get on. Because uh, I think you'll just have uh, the penny will drop in your head and it'll be a game changer for you. Um, but yeah, so little recap, wear the little soft belt, wear the nice and tight, wear the, like, say, the powerlifting belt or whatever, your buckle belt uh, on quite low and uh, with with a little with little loop and it'll help you with the cleans, it'll help you with loading, it'll help, help you with stones, keg, sandbag, whatever. Um, so pros and cons to it. If you're doing a if you're doing like a max single on the lo on the log, absolutely brilliant. Just use like a massive loop or what Shane's used before, knee sleeve or whatever, and it'll be great. If you're doing it for reps with a buckle belt, it can be frustrating because you can be three or four reps in and then the the belt like the loop flattens out or the belt slides up or whatever. So what I would recommend for that would be use the SBD belt. Whereas if you use an SBD belt in exactly the same way, it hasn't. You have to be more accurate and more skilled, so it's quite. It's a little bit harder to learn straight off the bat, but because it's got like a smaller, like kind of shelf, if you will. But the advantage to the SBD belt is the fact that you can lock it in place and it's not going to move up significantly. So, in my opinion, the uh, the SBD belt will be better for using for belt clean on the log. When you're doing uh, plenty of when you're doing rep events, so that's a, a good little tip that you can take away. Um, yeah, and sit, sit, same with the same with the stone. That's what I was doing at England, by the way. Um, Shane was what I'd like my uh, my soft belt set up on the stone, and then uh, my SBD belt on underneath, and then I put a wanky hoodie on over top, so it didn't wreck my SBD belt. All oh, right, okay. So you could sit like fake belt. what? Fake belt in that. It could be like beltless, beltless stones. No, 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 no. <laughs> did, you, did you have a deadlift suit on as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was thinking about wearing briefs. No, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, right, cool. Is there any, anything else you want to cover on that topic, mate? Any other questions on that? No, mate. I think I think we did a good. Good log coverage there. Yeah, I think good, um, some concise points, hopefully, to, that people can really go and apply. Oh, and final tip. Fucking, on. loads of people not do this. Get a bit of liquid chalk on your log before you clean it. Another game changer. Like, just uh, on the side that's going to be pressing into, like, your belly and chest. Just, like, just put a bit of liquid chalk on. Just helps, uh, helps it not slide around. Obviously, unless you've got them grip tape fucking logs. Doesn't make much difference, but if you've got a slippy log like a brand new one, liquid chalk it stops it from flying around with it when you're trying to clean it. Yeah, um, 
So on that point, like if you if you know that if you've got your belt clean uh, right, because it doesn't matter how fucking slippy the log is, if you get that belt clean right, it'll be absolutely fine. But I would say definitely chalk the log, like Shane says, anyway, because it's going to help you with the stuff that we covered early on about if you've got a bit of a shitty or or your dip's not vertical on the press, if the log's slippy. It's just good. it's just going to pull away from you even quicker, um, whereas having that little bit of friction from the, like Shane says, putting the the chalk on, that's going to help the press as well as the clean when you're applying leg drive. And by the way, exactly the same principles on the on the uh, on the other implements that again I'll cover at the workshop. Um, but the same thing on the dumbbell. I see see people do it do it on there. Well, we won't go too into detail now. But basically, use the same principles on the dumbbell that we've said on the log about drawing the drawing the straight line down from the side. On the dumbbell, do it from the front. Take a picture from the front where you've got it in your rack, and draw a straight line down the middle of the uh, basically the middle of the weight, middle of the dumbbell, and just have a look where. Um, uh, have a look where, where the where the weight's balanced, and with most people who are um, struggling with dumbbell, you can see that 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 they're basically balancing it on the shoulder rather than trying to balance it over the center line of the body. If that makes some sense, um, so I sent I sent a picture to um, sent a screenshot of this to uh, Matt McKeegan today. Actually, who was training his dumbbell, and he's going for the British record. And um, just gave him a little cue there to to practice in his next phase of training and pointed it out to him. Um, so the point is, no matter what your level, you can you can like we said earlier on, you can still see the uh, these little technical improvements that will just make such a massive difference. Because obviously we're we're, we're going to get 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 stronger. We're, that's part of the game, isn't it? Get get better in terms of force production constantly. But if we can marry it up with these skill mm -hmm. gains, that's where you're going to be the all-round beast. Yeah. Like you said to me as well the other day on deadlift, didn't you? You put it out my knees. So, and I've been deadlifting fucking forever. So there's always, always some, and sometimes issues pop up as well. Like, like you might not have ever done it before, but for whatever reason, just started doing it and never noticed because you're, you're so thinking, or you're so in that mindset of, oh, it's fine, it's fine. There's someone points something out and you're like, oh, actually, you know, so you've got to have a good head on you to be able to take criticism because some people get offended when you fucking point out something to them. So it's always good to just have an open mind and always learn. Never think you know everything because then when you don't know the answer, you're pretty fucked. Yeah, definitely. Did you, did you feel, did you know what I was getting at? Do you feel any different? No, no, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been, uh, well, I've been doing the high frequency deads. Um, I've done, you know, 182 by nine, and then I did 205 for five by five, 220 for like eight by three or something. And then I did on Monday 220 for 11. I pulled 270 for two yesterday. Um, supposed to do five, but felt a bit, I don't know, it just, it just wasn't right. So I stopped. But on, but on the first two, that was my first time going heavy since focusing on getting my knees forward. And I kept them forward on both reps. I just felt, I felt a bit fucked to be honest. I did uh, stiff legs Monday, 2.20 yeah. for 11, and then I did 2.25 for 10 squat the next day, and then I pulled 2.70 for two. And I was like, I need to fucking, 
I need to take a day off the squats and deadlifts. I thought it's smoked. Yeah. So that, next week I'm going to try and keep them forward. Every you can, you can see you can see what where quite a people quite a, this is where a lot of people go wrong with speed work in my opinion. They focus so much on on moving the bar fast that they just let the fucking technique go in, out the window. And you see a lot of people get in a pretty good setup position and then they just, and then it looks really good full speed. And then if you video it and slow-mo, or if you've got a coach's eye like, like we have, like you can, you, you can see that actually a lot of what a lot of people do, like I was saying to you, they just get shot up into this like kind of stiff leg position and they back it where it, because the thing, the trade-off with keeping the knees forward for longer, like I was saying to you is sometimes if you're working off bar speed, it can actually be a little bit, not quite as fast. Do you know what I mean? That's where yeah. a lot of people get lured in. They're like, well, I pulled it faster, but, but yeah, you, you were, you were pulled into that kind of, you know what I mean? Anyway, Shane, don't you? Yeah. I know what you mean. Cause it, these things don't showcase themselves until maximum weights do they? Um, because even though it was faster at 160, 170, if you're in a bad position at the knee like I was, that's going to slow at that point, and then it's going to be, you know, shit lockout basically. Uh, whereas if I kept my knee forward, it might be a little slower, but I'm going to be able to accelerate through that point and you know get because I always you've seen me I always fail my deads roundabouts at the kneecap. Um, yeah. usually because I'm in a stiff leg position and my shoulders are over the bar yeah that, by the way that 300 was fucking mint that you did the other day I love that yeah it was good I'm happy I'm an happy man I'd log today as well so fucking my hand's like about 80% so what, what did you do on log or is it secret are you putting in a thingy for OSG qualifiers <laughs> I was gonna I, I wanted to but the problem is is uh it's just the grip's still the limiting factor on the clean. Jane, shut the fuck up. Are you going to put in a, a thing by the 31st of August? Or well, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying, but I, I failed the 110 clean today. You just come out of my hand. Um, so I did, I did uh, 90 for 5x5 five five strip press and then 100 for 5. And then I tried 110 and it, it just opened up when I tried to clean it. Oh, Shane, shut up, man. What, what? The, week, the week before, I failed a 60 kilo clean. So maybe on Monday... Maybe I'll have gone up another 30, 40 kilos on <laughs> And have you, have you got a target for the deadlift in the, before the uh, Monday or not? Are you keeping it under wraps? <clears throat> uh, I think I, before the 31st, you mean? Yeah. No, I, I don't. The thing is, uh, Joe Scho said they were going to extend it a couple of weeks. And I, I, if they did, I was really, like, I was, tra I basically, I've been training for if they extended it two or three weeks. But I don't think they're going to. So uh, come mid-September, I'm going to pop some lifts up for IG. But it would just be too soon to do it now. Like, it's just, it's just too soon, you know what I mean? All right. Right, mate. Nice one. Thank you. Enjoyed that. Yeah. See you, Josh. See you, mate. Oh, wait, wait there, wait there, wait there.